As we begin, would you pray with me? Beloved God, we welcome your presence with us and in us today. May our ears be open to hear and our eyes be open to see the good news proclaimed in our scripture passage today. And may we draw closer to you as we throw open our hearts to your message. Amen. Home. That word conjures up many different images for each of us, doesn't it? For some, it's sadly not a comforting word because home was not a comforting space. But for others, it paints a portrait of a certain time and place that felt so good, so safe, so wonderful that we long to be there again. Now, we've all heard and used these slogans and songs There's no place like home. Home is where the heart is. Home is wherever I hang my hat. Homegrown, and that could be describing a big juicy tomato or it could be describing an adult who's made some wonderful accomplishments that give his hometown pride. Homecoming, you'd be so nice to come home to. Welcome home. But what if coming home meant for everybody a place where you have absolute grace, absolute and extravagant love, and safety to be you without conditions put upon that love? Perhaps a look at our text today can help us in our quest for home. I'll be reading from the New Testament in the 15th chapter of Luke beginning with verse 11 and going to the end of the chapter. I'll be using the message and invite you to join me in reading and hearing these words. And then Jesus said, There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them, And it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all the money, there was a bad famine all throughout the country and he began to feel it. He signed on with a citizen there who was assigned to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry He would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. And that brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am, starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. And he got right up and went home to his father. And when he was a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. 
put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a prize-winning heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive, given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. And all this time, the older son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. And as he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the houseboys, he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef, because he has him home safe and sound. The older brother stomped off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours, who has thrown away your money on whores, shows up and you all go out with a feast. His father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and everything I have that is mine is yours but this is a wonderful time and we had to celebrate this brother of yours was dead and he's alive he was lost and now he's found the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God now this story is the last one in a group of three that Jesus told trying to convey how deep God's love for us is. A lost sheep, a lost coin, and finally this third story of the lost son. A son who basically said, I'm bored and I've had it with life on the farm. I want my inheritance now and I'll be on my way to live life the way I want to. One of the really cool things that we can do when we hear Jesus' stories is to read them several times, trying to imagine yourself in each one of the characters, how they felt, what they might have been thinking, and, and so on. It's a great practice for empathizing with others. And this story shows so many different emotions. I especially love the part where the father is so relieved and joyful to see his long-lost son, he can't even pay attention to the son's confession because he's busy planning the great party to celebrate his homecoming. It begs us to wonder about how joyful God is when we come back to him after straying. So delighted that our confession is barely noticed as he gathers the angels to celebrate our homecoming. And everyone is invited to join the celebration The difference between mercy and grace. Mercy gave the prodigal son a second chance, but grace gave him a feast. Undeserved mercy and grace, unmerited. That's what living as a follower of Jesus is all about. We no longer see people and situations as our culture sees them. We see Jesus in other faces. We see potential 
in situations that allow for grace to shine in wondrous and unexpected ways. But that's not always easy. Dana Roberts says, when followers of Jesus walk beside him, he leads them in directions they would rather not go, into neighborhoods they would rather avoid, and to meet other friends they might not normally know. Frederick Buechner suggests that we are all so interconnected that we are much like a, a huge spider web that's almost invisible, but when you touch it, even lightly, you set the whole thing trembling. He says our lives are like that, and each encounter that we have with another touches their life for good or not. If we bring them joy, they may pass on joy to others. If we bring them sadness or pain, they may pass that on. How often has a kind word or a hurtful word almost instantly changed and influenced your day? As John Dunn said, no man or woman is an island entirely of itself. We are all connected to the main. We do matter to God and to others. How many people we encounter each day are longing for a place to call home? People who yearn for a place where they can just be themselves and not feel judgment or condemnation. Instead of a local bar, folks would see their church home as the place where everybody knows their name and where you can tell all your worries and cares to the bartender because he listens and he doesn't judge you. I've seen so many beautiful examples of that here at FBC. A whole Bible study class that ministers to one in their group who is going through hard times. This is family. This is home. We don't have to put on an act or a smiley face when we're low. Our conversations are holy and won't be shared as gossip, even disguised as a prayer concern. Brian McLaren explains, Christian mission begins with friendship, not utilitarian friendship, the religious version of network marketing, but genuine friendship. Friendship that translates love for neighbors in general into knowing, appreciating, liking, and enjoying this or that neighbor in particular. When Jesus talks about loving our neighbor or loving anyone, we try to imagine what that might look like. I mean, how can we possibly love everyone, even those who have hurt us, we ask. What if we consider thinking of valuing as our way of loving? Valuing others would help us see them as a beloved child of God who has flaws and weaknesses, just like we do, but who is doing their best they know how to do, valuing them and all of creation that God so lovingly and lavishly created could change everything. We could value others even when we strongly disagree with them, showing mercy and grace whenever possible. Now there are those toxic people who hurt us every single time we encounter them. And we must keep our distance to be safe. But we can sincerely pray for them as one of God's children and pray that their hearts might be touched 
in a way to begin a healing process that could detoxify their harmful ways. It's not an easy task. Why did Jesus see the need to tell these three stories, ending with the one that we looked at today? Did he see that people just didn't understand how much God loves them? Did he see people putting others in certain boxes and failing to see their uniqueness and possibilities? Did he sense that the cloud, crowds who clamored to hear him desperately needed to be reminded of how much they are valued by God? How much they needed to trust and depend on God to forgive and shower them with love and kindness? Richard Rohr, Franciscan priest and theologian, says, Strangely, many Christians today limit God's providential care to humans and very few of them at that. What stinginess on our side made us limit God's concern, even eternal concern, to just ourselves and our group? And how can we imagine God as caring about us if God does not care about everything else too? If God chooses and doles out care, we are always insecure and unsure whether we're going to be among the lucky recipients. Yet once we become aware of the generous, creative presence that exists in all things by their very nature, we can honor the indwelling spirit as the inner source of all dignity and worthiness. Dignity is not doled out to the supposedly worthy. It grounds the inherent worthiness of things in their very nature and existence. So whether it's an earthly home address or a church home, we long to know a safe space, a good space, one that we look forward to coming home to. And as the wayward son came back to his father and was lovingly received, may we too experience that same extravagant love and in return bestow it on others. Remember, there is no evil that the Father's love cannot pardon and cover. There is no sin that is a match for his grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Parent, who creatively made us into the unique persons we are, we thank you for creating our true selves that we too often cover up with other stuff forgetting that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. Help us see ourselves and others through your eyes. Forgive our anxiety about our 401ks and our longing for culture's shiny baubles and Amazon's best deals. Keep us ever mindful that we can trust you to always be there. Even as we get caught up in pursuits that are unworthy, dreams that are unhealthy, and fears that keep us awake at night. Quiet our anxieties with your living presence and help us remember that each day is holy. Each encounter is full of possibilities and that goodness abounds even when it seems that darkness has the power. Thank you for keeping a light on, the door ajar, a warm embrace, and a welcoming table 
Shape our hearts by your spirit who neither tames nor shames, but unleashes courage and perseverance within us. May we always remember that Jesus is the way home. If you think nobody understands And life's not going like you planned There's a friend who'll show you how to go Jesus is the way home You don't have to worry where you're at Why you're there he knows all that you just let the good book be your man Jesus is the way home there's a garden down in Alabama not too far south of Birmingham painted signs and crosses by the road one says Jesus is the way home for the Bible tells me so Jesus is the way glad that you were a part of our worship today. We hope that if you need to connect with a pastor for prayer or if you have more information or want more information about First Baptist Church that you'll reach out and connect with us through the information on the screen. We also want to thank you for your faithful giving. On the screen you'll see ways that you can give uh, to the church and to the mission of God through this congregation. So we want to encourage you to do that and we thank you for your faithfulness in that way. And as we go and leave today, we want to leave with a word from Reverend Jeannie as we go to be the people of Christ. Now will you receive the benediction, our prayer for you as you leave today. May we go forth with new and refreshed desire to know and love you more. May our week be filled with opportunities to love others in your name. May our burdens seem lighter knowing that you are helping us carry them. And may our joy be ignited daily in serving you and others in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>